It's Garden of Eden, and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden. <laughs> um, as usual, a shout out to Joy Frankie for helping me produce that. Thank you, Joy, if you're listening. And now, it's Argentine to talk about Argentina. <laughs> I um, love that. I'm joined with an expert here, um, my friend Lily Safir. Lily, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, and first off, I want to start off with um, Lily. Why are we here talking about Argentina? What's your what is your connection to Argentina? Well, my dad is from Argentina, and my grandma still lives there. And um, last year, I visited for the first time. Okay. Second time. So yeah. First and, time that I can remember. And so your dad was born there. How long did he live in Argentina? Um, he went to college there and he moved to the U.S. for graduate school. So, so basically a lot of his, in his twenties, he moved to the U.S. Yeah. So, um, Argentina is a South American country, Spanish speaking. So Lily's dad does speak Spanish Mm -hmm. and he has a cool accent too, but apparently you don't hear it. I don't hear it. It's, I think that's crazy. Yeah. And we have a Swedish friend too, whose dad has a Swedish accent and she doesn't hear it. Yeah. That you can grow up with someone and not hear the accent. I think that's wild. Um, so, I know that your dad had kind of a crazy childhood growing up in Argentina because it's a lot different from the U.S. Yeah. Um, do you have any particular stories that you want to share that you think are kind of fun or just like in general comparing it to your childhood? Yeah, well, I think that it was very different in a lot of ways. Um, his family owned a business that manufactured car products. So, he has a lot of experience with like parts of cars um and so he has like whenever he sees a car he knows exactly what it is if he sees a plane like within seconds he'll say like the model a helicopter like motorcycles like it's just a special part of him i guess that's um, really cool because he grew up around that um and he grew up with his um mom dad and a little brother who's two years younger than him named ezekiel who we still see a lot and does his brother still live in Argentina, or where did... His brother moved to Spain. Well, his brother has lived a lot of places, but he currently lives in Spain. And he actually moved outside of Argentina a little bit before my dad did. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. And so, your grandma still lives in Argentina, and I know that you've seen her a few times. You've been... You're, you said your first time going to Argentina was pretty recently? Well, first time that I could remember being in Argentina. I visited when I was four... I have no recollection of that. So, 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 your dad waited to bring you until you were older. Is that correct? Yeah. Or until he felt like you were mature enough. And why? Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's, uh, it's a really valuable experience, but only if you're, you know, ready to be open-minded about it. And it's a, it's a lot of new, new things coming at you at one time. There's a different language, and um, everything just feels very different so I think that if I had gone when I was younger um I don't know I think my experience would have been very different and another thing is that my dad doesn't visit Argentina very often um so I don't think there were many occasions really for me to go oh and is there a reason why your dad doesn't visit very often is it just because it's kind of hard to go like inconvenient or um well how he explained it to me is that um unfortunately I don't think he's wanted to um I think that 
although he has some close friends in Argentina and his mom still lives there, he has some like tough memories associated with it. And so I think going back there for him can be hard at times. So he doesn't do it so often. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I think we should take a break as a segue into Lily telling some stories about her trip from Argentina because there are some pretty crazy ones. Um, so stay tuned. Um, next, what next up? You'll be listening to "I'll Wait" by the Strumbellas. Um, see you after the break. <laughs> with Garden of Eden, um, joined here today with my friend Lily Safir, um, and we're just going to be picking um, back up our conversation about Argentina. So, in the last um, part of the episode, we just talked about some background, why I'm here with Lily talking about Argentina, and now I think we're just going to be discussing some of the stuff that happened on her trip yeah. with her dad. So, what do you, what do you want to start off with talking about? What did you What did you find super different from? the United States in Argentina? Um, I think for me, what was interesting are the things that I found slightly different. Um, Things that, like, my dad didn't really notice so much because to him it's normal. So, like, we got there and I noticed that the sidewalk would change within every, like, 50 feet, which I thought was, like, really strange. And he explained to me that each business owns their section of the sidewalk. So it'd be constantly changing. And if you like look ahead, it's like just different kinds of sidewalk. And I found that really strange. I didn't understand why you would like have sidewalk changing in intervals, but um, it's also kind of cool. So, and he was um, amused by how how much attention I took to it. (laughs) To him, it seemed really small, but yeah. I I found that super interesting when you were telling me about it when you got back from your trip. And um, do you know if the sidewalks in the U.S. are owned by, like, city government? Is is that how it is? I believe they are, yeah. I find it... I wonder, then, who owns what in Argentina? Are the roads owned by the... Are they managed by the government? I believe they're managed by the government, and then the sidewalks are owned by the businesses because I know how to them. It, it works with the, that it's like then is there I wonder if there's anything else that's owned by businesses or people that isn't owned by the government or yeah. if it's just the sidewalks I'm not sure yeah I don't know but um another thing maybe you can talk about some blood sausage yeah <laughs> so um my dad and I went to uh Parishata, which is a place where they basically just cook a lot of meat. That's a very popular food in Argentina. And um, the first thing we got was blood sausage and my dad just (laughs) ate it really fast. So, you know, I didn't really have any questions about it. And I took a big bite and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever put in my mouth, (laughs) hands down. (laughs) I don't think I even swallowed it. Um, I liked everything else that I ate there except for the blood sausage. So, um, blood sausage is, um, I found this on the internet, correct me if I'm wrong, um, is made of pig's blood and ground up pieces of pork, which, ba- right. so basically like scraps of animal and blood. Yes, and it tastes that way, too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the in- most interesting thing about it is that you'd think it'd be better than what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, um, it tastes exactly how it sounds, and 
the texture is not like a usual sausage that we eat here. It's mushy. <laughs> <laughs> and like when we were sitting down, they would bring out just like plates of entrails to other tables. And Which are, what are entrails just for? It's just the organs and like... Of, of, of just animals? Animals, mostly cows. And that to me seemed kind of gross, but it's like... Maybe um, in the last um, segment, we touched on how Lily didn't get to go to Argentina until she was older. And I think that understanding that these are just part of cult the culture in Argentina is is was one of the reasons why he waited until you're older because mm -hmm. these things like blood sausage and entrails they seem they seem so gross yeah. to us and like so different and now i can recognize like there are things where if someone from argentina came to the u.s they would see us eating certain foods and, and just be revolting it's, to them. it's just the difference in culture yeah and i probably wouldn't have been able to recognize that when i was younger yeah so i i think overall a big learning experience yeah would be going somewhere like argentina where it's so different um, and then, oh, this, when Lily was on her trip, she sent our friend group chat this picture with no context <laughs> until we asked of her with all of these, it looked like a cartoon that you would see of like someone in a dog walker in New York holding so many dogs. How many dogs do you think that was? That I happened? think there were like between 10 and 15 dogs. It was so many dogs. And the picture, it, it, she's holding her hands and she, she just looks like kind of overwhelmed, but also so excited holding all of these dogs. So what, what was that? So we were walking in a park and I see this man and he's holding so many dogs on a leash and I start freaking out because I think this is crazy. And then my dad thinks it's funny that I'm freaking out. So similar to the sidewalks. And um, I thought it was interesting enough that I asked this guy if I could take a picture of him and he was amused and he was like sure you can take a picture and then he was like do you want to hold them <laughs> and I wasn't going to say no to that <laughs> so I did and my dad took a picture of it and it's a weird sensation to be holding like 15 dogs on a leash at one time um, and then I thought it was just one guy like in isolation who was doing this as like a random job but then later on throughout the day I saw like many people doing this um, and my dad said, what's interesting is that these people are kind of known to be like dog whisperers because if you're taking care of 15 different people's dogs, you cannot, you know, if you let go of the leash or they run away, that's very, very bad. So they have very close connections with their dogs. That's so there are these dog walkers who walk like 15 to 20 dogs at a time. Yeah. And are they all from just different, different yeah, owners? All different owners. What skill? But I, I, I remember I was walking, I had two labs that I was dogs sitting for and I walked them both at the same time and was so overwhelmed two dogs I can't even I can't imagine that it's I don't know crazy. if I would think that it was super cute if I saw that or if I'd just be like ah too many it was overwhelming they were like jumping up on me but it's like you know 10 dogs all coming at you at once it was I just I think that it's cool that that's a, that's like a job there for that's pretty common yeah I think they make decent money like you know imagine how much money you make for two it's just multiplied <laughs> um Moving on to a, um, a new thing that you said that your your dad has told you about, which is um, the currency in Argentina. With a quick fun fact, um, Argentina actually means silver. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it, it translates silver in Latin, not in Spanish. Oh, though. yeah. Um, and that's because when your original European settlers came to Argentina, they thought that it was full of silver. And 
it wasn't. So, <laughs> but now it's just called silver. That's funny. I think that that's funny. But yeah. um, I the conversion that I found online said that one thousand U.S. dollars is equal to fifty five thousand eight hundred sixteen Argentinian pesos. Yes. So. Wait, what else have you learned about inflation in Argentina? So I did, um, in seventh grade, we had the culture project. You yeah. We're doing that. So I did. Oh, and do you want to see what the culture project is really quick? Yes. Yeah, so the culture project is something um, that students do in seventh grade at Islander Middle School where they um, find a family member and they present about them and they do a lot of research on them. And so I did my dad for that project and that project for me was astonishing because I never realized like how little I knew about him and I learned so much. It was it was a really valuable experience for me. Um, but he explained that Argentina had something called hyperinflation while he was growing up and in his, you know, later teens where they were in debt and essentially this is an oversimplified version, but they just printed money and they printed a lot of it and it lost its value dramatically. So people wouldn't save their money because it would be losing its value. So people would get paid and they would go and they would spend all of it on food. They would spend ridiculous amounts of money for everything. And that, does that, is it that continues today or did it like stabilize, but by the time it stabilized, they were, everything just cost so much more than it did? Um, it eventually stabilized, but it took a long time. They had to, they canceled their currency, they tried different currencies, they would close banks, they, it was a long process of trying to um, manage the inflation. Um, but it is much better today than it was when my uh, dad was there. I th- and, and now, now the, like, um, what would you say, the conversion between US money and, and Argentinian pesos is just dramatic, it's huge. Yeah. And d- is the, when you have money there and you're paying for stuff, is it like a dollar bill? Like how, how does that work when you have 55,000 for one US dollar? Yeah, it's um, the same way. Um, so you have like a bill, it just represents a lot more money. Oh, um, so it's, it's still bills and coins, the same yeah. way that it would be in the US? Um, but my dad would say that like, to put it in terms of like US dollars, like he would go to buy a bus ticket and it'd be like millions of dollars <laughs> or like, <laughs> It was just crazy. Um, I I think that that's an, another crazy cultural difference is that inflation is a, a thing in the U.S. as it is everywhere, but not as dramatic at all as it is in Argentina. Um, I think that we got Argentina in a capsule. Is there anything else you want to say that you found interesting? Any other stories? Well, one thing based on inflation, well, for me, what was valuable about going to Argentina is that it made a lot of things about my dad that to me didn't always make sense. It suddenly like fit. So my dad has always been very um, conscious about money. He's like not a big spender. And I realized how that plays into his childhood with money always, you know, not being such a constant. Uh So that now today he's very careful about it because it was always changing and, you know, people were stretched for money and yeah. That's super interesting i think it's so cool that you you went to this country and learned so much about yeah your dad your family and just cultural differences in general yeah i think that an experience like that is really valuable it was um thank you so much for talking to me today i yeah. this is definitely not the last time lily's going to be on this radio show 
Um, so stay tuned for later in the year. Um, this has been Eden and Lily on 88.9 The Bridge with Garden of Eden um, every Saturday at 10 a.m. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.